On today's episode of the PDX Pet Connection podcast, I have Diane Lamberty of Out to Pasture Animal Sanctuary. Stay tuned to hear how they provide a loving permanent home to at-risk animals from various situations to allow them to thrive. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection podcast. If you are a Portland pet parent, then you have come to the right place. This podcast connects you to Portland-based pet businesses, services, and nonprofits. You get to hear their story and what they're doing in the Portland pet community. If you love this podcast and want to connect to other pet parents in the Portland area, head on over to our Facebook group and join in on the fun. And now, your host, dog photographer, donut connoisseur, whiskey lover, and Sherlock fan, Kim Hoschel. Connection podcast. On today's episode, I have Diane Lamberty of Out to Pasture Animal Sanctuary. Hi, Diane. Thanks for coming Hi. on the show today. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about what is Out to Pasture Sanctuary. So Out to Pasture is a, an animal sanctuary um, located in Estacada. It's about like 45 minutes outside of Portland. Um, and Kit and John Collins are the directors of that, um, and own the sanctuary. And, um, we, we rescue all kinds of animals, mostly, um, farmed animals, um, or kind of animals in that category, as well as lab, uh, former lab animals or animals that would have been used for, um, experimentation and things like that. Um, and so we have, let's see. Big pigs, uh, donkeys, goats, sheep, um, chickens, pot belly pigs. Um, let's see, lab an- lab bunnies, lab pigeons, wow. <laughs> all kind of, a whole menagerie cat, you know, cats, of course, because any <laughs> any kind of farm type of place it seems to have you know cats and yeah. Um, and everything, and so, um, so a lot of a lot of different animals, but there's about 125 animals, including the small ones, like the the bunnies and the pigeons. Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. It's about, it's about three acres, um, so it's a smaller sanctuary, um, and so um, we're conscious of keeping it manageable, um, which is hard when there's such a need. Um, and so a lot of the work that they do, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about later is like trying to get homes for animals that are being relinquished or having problems before they have to come to a sanctuary. So kind of being that middle person of, uh, Kit does a lot of work and trying to be that middle person of getting, Mm -hmm. um, animals homes, before they have to end up in, in a sanctuary where, where sanctuaries are already full. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was Kit's inspiration behind, um, starting out to pasture? Yeah. So, so, um, Kit and John have le- lived in Estacada for about 30 years. Um, but about 20 years ago, uh, they were just at the feed store and saw a sign. Um, it sounded like somebody, uh, a woman, um, was helping to rehome, animals and just helping with this helping animal rescue. Um, but she didn't have any land or anything like that. She just had a trailer and she, um, had a full-time job and everything like that. And so, um, 
the the flyer was up at the feed store, um, kind of looking for help for rehoming some um, goats. And so Kit called called her up, and they ended up talking for um, a long time, and and kind of became friends. And Kit and John had um, some land, and and so they kind of teamed up to figure out how to help rescue animals. Um, and so it just kind of started from there of, <laughs> of helping this woman to, for her mission of rescuing animals, but not having the same resources. And then right. they had some of the resources that she didn't have. And so they just kind of teamed up, um, and figure, and they figured we, we always wanted to do something, um, positive for the animals. And so why not use what we have to, to do that? Um, and they started with small fundraisers like uh, yard sales. They did a lot of yard sales in the beginning and just to try to kind of raise some funds to, um, to help the animal rescue and then teamed up with the um, North, the Pot Pig Association um, okay. out here and kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> um, and back then there wasn't um, the social media that there is now. Right. So animal you know the news of animals needing homes came from uh, other other rescues or um Mm -hmm. people like that but now it's all like social media so the influx is a lot higher now than it used to be because the spread is wider right Um, yeah you know about more animals in need Mm -hmm. and people can share that yeah so where are the animals coming from yeah um so it's all different kinds of situations um some are older, some are aggressive, some are not socialized, some have health problems, um, things like that. But it, it varies depending on why. So some are somebody just moved and left their animals on the property and a neighbor says, hey, there's you know three goats locked in a shed in our, on the neighbor's property. Or um, some are like a, a woman gets cancer and can't take care of her llamas anymore. Um, or... Um, a lot. So there's a lot of pot belly pigs that are people got as cute little, you know, yeah. think they're they were teacup tiny. pigs or <laughs> yeah, like the teacup pig myth. And then they get big and, you know, are guarding the couch yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Um, <laughs> or we have a pig that used to be um, at a petting zoo. Um, and so he came to us like hating children. I bet. <laughs> things like that because he was tormented at the petting zoo. Um, um, yeah, so all different kinds of situations, abuse, neglect, um, financial issues, health issues. Um, so how do you find out about the like the lab animals that are needing yeah. rescue? The lab animals were um, in partnership with Beagle, Beagle Freedom Project. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they worked just to help save uh, lab beagles. But then there were lab bunnies and lab pigeons. Um, and then there was a group of pigeons that were used for hunting. Um, like they would trap them and throw them to these hunting dogs. It's oh. really, yeah. Um, but the Beagle Freedom Project is where the, the bunnies and the pigeons oh, okay. came from. Yeah. Because so obviously cool. they're helping beagles and not, yeah. not in the, uh, right. they in have the, the field of rabbits. The, and <laughs> Yeah, for the dogs. But um but we have the setup for the bunnies. So, Oh, that's great. Yeah. So yeah. who takes care of the animals at the sanctuary? Yeah. So, uh, Kit and John daily. Um, uh, so John's an, a naturopath, um, and Kit works at his office too and runs the business. So, um, 
they're kind of tapering down in in that but have always worked worked outside of the sanctuary but um take care of the animals uh daily so morning feeding and evening feeding and everything their days are pretty long um and then i bet yeah <laughs> they're they're some of the strongest people that i know <laughs> for sure <laughs> i mean that's a lot of animals to take care of and have a business on you know yes. that you're running during the day yes yes wow. it's amazing i don't yeah i don't know how they do it <laughs> um and then they have two dogs of their own um and so um so they they day to day do all the uh, the day to day operations and then um, there's a core group of volunteers that come out um, about every other weekend and then sometimes more or less. Um, and so we do things like cleaning the stalls and the walkways and um, different like hoof trims and and deworming and all that kind of medical upkeep, mm-hmm. um, maintenance, and then any sort of other projects um, that come come along. So um yeah, so we we do that kind of stuff on the weekends, and it's kind of a nice um, working and like socializing with like-minded people, mm-hmm. which is nice. We have a good community out there, and we all just really want to support the sanctuary and help get John so they can keep doing it. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, are the animals ever adopted out of the sanctuary? Yeah. So usually, um, what's been happening for um, especially the last few years has really increased what she, the work she does outside, like in outside the scene, behind the scenes of Mm -hmm. um, getting, getting emails. She gets multiple emails every day about um, rehoming animals. And then she'll usually post uh, what the story is and what the, you know, picture of the animals and what they, what kind of home they need um, and then try to find adoptive homes that way, um, that won't eat them, that won't breed them, um, you know, that are going to be a safe place for them to, to stay. Um, and so it's almost like pre adopting before they come to it, come to the sanctuary. Um, there've been a couple animals who like, like Gonzo, he's a pig, he's a pig, (laughs) one of our favorite popular pigs there. Um, he was adopted out and then they said he was too loud <laughs> at meal times because <laughs> pigs like demand food. And so he, like, right. So, so he came back and he's just, he just is there. Oh, how funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard. I, I think it's hard to let go of animals who have like, you know, made that their home. So it's, it's usually like, let's find them a home before we fall in love with them. At right. The <laughs> and never want them to leave. So yeah, I bet that's hard. Yeah. That's why I don't know how fosters do it. Cause yeah. we, we fostered one time and it was just, it was so difficult. That's my dog. Eddie. <laughs> they always have things to, they have things to say, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she has a nemesis that lives next door. Oh. So, <laughs> so how, how can the public help the sanctuary? Yeah. So, um, I guess the biggest need, Sorry, let me grab her. Oh, yeah, no worries. The, the biggest need, <laughs> you're a pet podcast. Yeah, the exactly. Biggest, <laughs> the biggest need, um, I guess, is like kind of the boring one is is just financial, right? Um, so donations. Um, and there's different ways to support depending on what people like, you know, feel like they can do and what they 
like to contribute. So um, there's Patreon, there's um, just ways to donate one time, things like that. Um, and then we have fundraisers. Um, and so we have kind of, we've pared down our fundraisers to be the Halloween event, which is like our favorite kids favorite holiday is Halloween. Um, and so we have a nice fun, big, big fundraiser for Halloween. Um, and then, um, we used to do a big summer one. So we're kind of figuring all that out after COVID, how to, how to yeah. do the, the fundraisers again and how much, um, you know, we can do. And, and so, cause it's a lot of, you know, a lot of work putting on a fundraiser. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. Cause it's out, it's out the property, you know, the fundraisers are out the property. So, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes little bake sales and stuff like that. Um, and then volunteering, we used to do big, like kind of big work, work parties, right. but it's kind of hard to, um, like show, show people how to do everything and kind of do a overview. But then it's, it's a lot of kind of like dirty, not, and so sometimes people don't want to come back or like people's schedules are busy and um you know it's hard to have consistency so that's why we've kind of changed it to the core volunteer group of regulars um and then sometimes people's schedules change so we invite you know then new people can come in and kind of Mm -hmm. cycle out that way but um so there are some volunteer opportunities, but we mostly need volunteers um, during events. Okay. So like if we're going to have a big event, um, we'll need people to like greet people or to watch the animals, uh, make sure that nobody's like um, invading the animal space, you know, because like it's, it's a nice pl- time to visit the animals, but it's also not like a petting zoo type of situation. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. This is their yeah. home. Don't come yeah. bug them. Right. We don't want to be stressed out. Um, but we also like, you know, people to get that experience of being around them. And most of them do like people a lot. Um, but there are a few that you just have to know, um, what they're, if they're shy or things like that. Yeah. Depending Um, on their past experience before they came to you, you don't know if they had trauma dealing with a person or. Right. Yeah. We have a donkey who has some, some trauma. So he definitely prefers to not not be approached and then the llamas just in general are kind of standoffish and <laughs> rather people leave them alone oh how funny um, yeah. i didn't know that about llamas <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> and so, then um yeah like ba- you know people to bake or um things like that okay. um, yeah so the events we do need a lot more volunteers and that's an, a time where you know you still get to spend with the animals um but it's helpful for the sanctuary um, right yeah with minimal instruction needed so yes. that you're not wasting time doing that. Yeah. So can people come visit the animals any other time other than the events? Yeah. So um, we're trying to figure out like a good kind of tour type of situation um, because there is interest for that and we want to expose people to the animals um, yeah. and coordinating that is hard. So um, yeah. So a lot of times more in the summer um, we'll be figuring out some tour type of um, schedule. Um, it's just nicer in the summer, not muddy and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and things like that. So not snowing, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, so hoping to get some tour type of things that figured out. Um, but the good, the best times to visit are like the events. Okay. Yeah. 
So how did you get involved with Out to Pasture? Yeah, I um, I came out to Oregon to um, go to school at Lewis and Clark for the animal law program. Mm-hmm. Um, I've since changed my career path, but um, but I came out for that. And um, so I'm from Illinois, where there aren't really sanctuaries that I knew that at the time or that I knew of. And so um, so I looked, what are some sanctuaries out here? And there actually are quite a few. Yeah. Um, so I just looked to which ones to get involved in. And so I picked out to pasture, especially because I love big pigs. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they had the, more of the big pigs. Um, and so Poppy was the, the first big pig that I volunteered with there. And I just remember she was laying on a big pile of wood chips um, while everybody was trying to shovel the wood chips <laughs> under her because it was like warm and she just liked to lay on it. So I have a picture of her on the, on the wood chips, but, um, so then just ever since then I kept going back and, um, and then I, uh, rescued two big pigs, Barbie and Skipper. Um, so if people are familiar with Out to Pasture, they probably know Barbie and Skipper. They're two big pink pigs, uh, sisters, and they love people. So at the events, they, uh, love to socialize with the people. Right. <laughs> and, one of the events we're planning for this year is their 10th birthday party. Um, oh, fun. Yeah. And so we're thinking, um, yeah, having a Barbie-themed <laughs> themed beach party <laughs> at the sanctuary because they're just, yeah, that's <laughs> they dress up for Halloween every year and everything. So oh, cool. <laughs> themed oh. parties are their jam. <laughs> okay, you have to share that. In the I Facebook will. group, you have to because okay, you know, we can't miss out on that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so that'll be in August. Um, nice, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I I rescued them. Actually, found a home because um, I don't have the land. Um, but long story, found these baby pigs that needed a home, or else they would have been killed, and so. I found a home and they weren't the, the people who I found weren't actually equipped. Like they said, they were for the fencing situation or mm-hmm. and really handling it. And so since I had already been volunteering without to pastor, I was like, help, you know, <laughs> like, but like, what do I do now? Like, you know, we thought they helped transport them. And so, uh, Kit and John ended up taking them and, uh, and they've been there ever since. <laughs> and so they're really good ambassadors for, um, for big pigs because it's, it's the kind they're the kind of pigs that people eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, they sit for treats. They like, they're so big, but they're so sweet around people and everything that they're really good ambassadors. Um, so yeah, so I just go out there all, all the time to see them and everybody else and, and volunteer. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's how I got involved. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So do you have any pets? I have two dogs, um, two rescue Chihuahua mixes. Betty, she's um, almost 13. That was the one who was barking. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and she, yeah, she's from the Second Chance program through oh, okay. Oregon Humane Society. So she came up from California. And then Hector, I've ha- um, so I've had Betty for about 10 years. And then um, Hector, I've had for about two. And 
I saw his picture on the Saving Baldwin Parks like Instagram oh, yeah. page. And so he's from the same shelter as Betty. And he looks so much like Betty. I was like, what if they're related? You know, he's yeah. old too. Maybe, you know, long lost relatives or something. Yeah, exactly. So I went and got him and he um his legs were like all wonky when I got oh. there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I nobody's gonna want this poor little old great dog and so um so I brought him home and he ended up having double knee surgery and everything like that Um, oh my gosh but he's good he's good now it 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 worked it it helped so um so yeah like I guess he had seven years or so of bad knees and now he's oh yeah so (laughs) (laughs) but now he can go run around and play and yeah Good. And I bring um, Betty to work with me because I'm a I'm a family therapist, mm-hmm. um, and so she works with kids. And um, oh wow, yeah, yeah, she loves going to work and um, just making people feel more comfortable and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So before we go, is there anything else that you would like the listeners to know about Out to Pasture? Um, I guess just that. Being a small, being a small sanctuary, um, it's great that we have so many sanctuaries in the area mm-hmm. and it's important to remember that, um, they all need help, right? They all need support. So it's, it's hard financial times for everybody. So it's hard to ask, you know, for support, um, mm-hmm. but just for everybody to remember that, um, kind of like spreading around, like their goodwill to all different ones. Um, and it's a good collective here in, in the Pacific Northwest of sanctuaries that all kind of work together to help place animals in the right situation and yep. kind of work together to transport and, and um, save as many as they can. Um, and so does any help totally matters, even no matter how small it yep. is. And even, even like educating friends and, and just like, acquaintances on like responsible pet ownership or responsible um yeah situations like that you know if you hear about somebody (laughs) talking about a teacup pig you know yeah sell that mess if you can (laughs) yeah exactly yeah stop it right then and there no teacup pigs (laughs) right things like that and um and yeah we just hope to uh, we're appreciative for you having us on here to um, share it. Like I was just listening to your last um, episode of the podcast and I was like, Oh, I didn't know that that, that uh, rescue existed. I'm going to check them out. So um, it's cool that you're doing this to kind of just share everything that's out there because there, there is a lot and there might be a niche of, yeah, of there's a lot someone has. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's um, what happened to me is there were things is that's kind of why I, one of the reasons why I started it is, that was that I found out about Paw Team, and I was like, I never heard about Paw Team before. What's this? And yeah. so when I, you know, when I started looking around, I was like, okay, there's a lot of things that I'm sure other people don't know about too. So right, yeah, yeah. Like we um, team up with what is the acronym again? I I want to get it right, but it's a they help transport a lot of um, animals in this area, but we've kind of teamed up with them a lot lately. Oh, awesome. Um, I'll have to let you know what they are. They brought up, they brought a bunch of pumpkins. Oh, here. Um, OCC 
R-A-P-D-X, on-call community rescue for animals. Oh, awesome. Um, so they help just, yeah, transport uh, different rescues, um, injured, abandoned, or injured and abandoned wildlife, um, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I think I think just familiarizing with all the different organiz- organizations is really cool. Um, yeah. Another thing that we could use help with the public with is if you have any sort of land or, um, or like trailer or things like that, we're always making a list for potential evacuations because mm-hmm. of, um, the fires in the past years. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had to evacuate, a, a, a few years ago for the oh, fire wow. mm-hmm. and then had to be on call, um, last year for the, the fire. So, right. um, we're always looking for places that could hold livestock for temporary use. So, um, so kit.collins, um, at gmail.com is kit's email. Um, and then, uh, so that's always a good, good way to just let her know if there's, um, if you have land or things like that. Um, and then our website, um, has different ways to, to give to, um, Yeah. So our website, um, is out to pastor sanctuary.org. Yeah. And then following on social media, um, we always post like for about events and, um, and ways to help. And then that's where we'll post, um, animals that need homes too. So just kind of networking with, with people, um, just, you know, not a lot of people have, have land for, for animals or the ability to take them. Um, so it does take a village to find like who could take them. Um, yeah, for sure. In a safe, safe place. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, yeah. So we hosted a fundraiser this past year for, um, vet care, um, because in the thing that I've talked about of getting homes for the animals, um, that we get contacted for, rather than having them have to go to a sanctuary, um, Kit has paid for uh, the vet care prior to them going to a home. So they get spayed and neutered um, and vetted, fully vetted, and any sort of vet care that they need before, um, you know, we kind of step out of that. So we make sure that they're set up for health and not perpetuating any sort of breeding um, or anything like that. So that adds up really, really really quick. Um, yeah, it it adds up really quick. And the vet, um, the vet, you know, the farm vets and the, and the uh, vets who make calls to places like that have raised their prices. You know, everybody has raised their prices. So things have gotten really expensive. Um, but we want to make sure that the animals are healthy in their new homes and, um, and that it's not a barrier to adoption. Right. Um, you know, we want to make sure that people are prepared for the ongoing costs, but that upfront, it, um, kid has found that it really helps to find homes if people don't have to also pay for spay and neuter and also pay for all those things. Right. So rather than not find homes, it's like the trade-off is spending a bunch of money for upfront yeah. for, for helping them, um, transition into their new home. So, um, so it adds up really quick. And so that's something that kind of, we don't, share a lot, um, or do frequent fundraisers specifically for that. Um, mm-hmm. but that is where a lot of the, 
the fundraising would go is 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 vet care for not only for the animals who live at the sanctuary, right. um, but for the ones that we help find homes rather than go to a sanctuary. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Set them yeah. up for success. Right. Set them up for success. And sometimes there's little things that are like, oh, this goat, like recently, um, there's a, another woman who, who lives in Estacada who um, is kind of starting uh, somewhat of a sanctuary. And um, so she took some goats recently from a, um, a situation and one had like a little respiratory thing. And then it turned into like a bigger bigger right. health issue. So the vet had to come out multiple times rather than just like the one time. And, yeah. um, and Kit and John are very generous. And so they, <laughs> they end up just wanting to cover the, you know, like ongoing, um, rather than have somebody be like, Oh no, you know, this is yeah. a lot. Um, and so, so that, that's been a big fundraising goal is, um, helping that be covered. Um, but it's kind of behind the scenes, so it's not so obvious. It's very right. behind behind the scenes, but important. That's, it's good to know. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Diane, for coming on. And thank you, Kim. We'll share all your information in the episode notes, so everybody can Perfect. find you and follow you and come to a tenth birthday party for pigs yes. and yes. have fun <laughs> with them. So, uh, thank you so much, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Kim. You too. Bye. If you love seeing cute photos of pets and connecting with other pet parents and businesses in Portland, let's continue the conversation in our Facebook group. I would love to hear about your pets, answer your questions, and get suggestions for what you want to hear on the podcast. I'll see you in the PDX Pet Connection Facebook group.